Hello everyone, uh, thanks again for joining us. This is our second interview of the night. Uh, I'm John McKellar of Ball Caps and Bagpipes. And I'm Jason Durr of Ball Caps and Bagpipes as well, but uh, former president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. And we're joined for the second interview tonight by John Sheezer. Sheezer. I've messed it up. Hey, John, I love you. I mean, look, we have the same first name, spelled differently, but there's a brotherhood there, so. Definitely. Uh, and here, I mean, yeah, we look at like we are, we, I put my, I just turned that into a Yankees, we're, we're cousins. Yeah. Yeah. We're basically, yeah, yeah we're basically twins. Yeah. I found my twin. I found my yeah. twin. Yeah. John, thanks so much for uh, joining us tonight. Um, well, let me start off with uh, a question I tend to start off with uh, with every artist that we've spoken to. Um, uh, tell us about your baseball background growing up. Uh, did you play? And if so, to what level and uh, what positions did you specialize in when you were playing? Yeah, um, I, I played just as a kid. Um, uh, just I, the last year I played organized baseball was in seventh grade for more and associates. And, you know, we, you know, baseball is very competitive. I grew up in and around the Kansas city area. And so, which is in the middle of America for those international viewers, um, you know, wizard of Oz, no place like home, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was horrible. I think looking back on my baseball career, if I had just been hit by a pitch one time, it would have been the best thing for me because I never was hit by a pitch and I was always scared to death of being hit by a pitch. So that really, I think, affected my 237 average. I think it could have been more of a 300 hitter. Um, I was also uh, husky, which is just a nice way to say fat when you're a kid. So I had first base size, but was relegated to right field um, due to my skill level. Um, now also when I, my first year I ever played when I was nine years old, I took, uh, we were doing long talks and the kids throwing next to me over through, and I got a baseball right in the, my eye, like just straight, perfect in my eye. It was one of those that could have been like, Oh, I lost my eye. Cause I hit, you know, with the baseball when I was nine, when it, you know, it was pretty bad, but we were still, um, in the, I would say the bad news bears era of Little League. So my fat ass coach walked over to the cooler and pulled out a legitimate beer, handed it to me for his, put on his face. You know, I think he was probably a, a construction foreman by day. Um, and so like legitimately, there was no cell phones. So I just sat there until my mom showed up an hour and a half. Not, no consider, should we take him to the hospital? No. He's an eight-year-old kid that just took a baseball off of his face. Um, but I always, I love the game though, because I, yeah. I was in Kansas City. The Royals were hot. Bo Jackson was smashing home runs. George Brett was slapping singles. Um, you know, Mark. Kuzal. He was winning batting titles. You know, he's only yeah, person. batting titles, right? No, no he's the only person that won uh, right. batting title in three different decades. Yeah, that is true. That, yeah, and uh, but no, I was just. Um, yeah, you know, I just love baseball. And then, you know, the card collecting kind of came with that and slowly became an obsession, um, you know, over the years. But yeah, as far as athletically, baseball, horrible. Um, I did, uh, I played basketball, played one year of football in, in high school just because my all my friends played. I didn't play play. One, um, I didn't really know any of the playbook. And two, I was academically ineligible most of the season anyway. So I was pretty much just a practice squad player, staying on the, staying on the sidelines, make fun of everybody. 
Um, coach would make fun of me. Why are you on the team? You know, you're not probably getting into the game for a couple of weeks. Uh, she's there. Keep your mouth down. We can hear you. You're distracting the people that need to know what's going on, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I wish I would have played baseball longer, but I guess to, to answer the question, uh, longly, I just never got hit by that pitch. So that really affected. <laughs> you're not the worst person. You don't have the worst baseball career of any of the interview guests we've had so far. Uh, Jason Schwartz said he was O for two years at his career. I, I mean, he did drop two singles. Like the got the flu. Did he get? He was probably sick for a couple of the games. I mean, uh, just, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> He was just not by the pump. Yeah, he, he was talking about trying <laughs> yeah. to like lean in the pitches to get on the base. You know, when he got his first yeah. walk, he was pretty excited about it. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, like, and it was coach pitch. Um, no, it, I just was distracted. I got ADD really bad. And it was, you know, back in the 80s, like in late 80s, early 90s, when it just, you just didn't stuff riddling down kids' faces like they do now. But I remember being on first base, probably drew a walk, probably no way in hell I actually got a hit. But, uh, I just remember standing on first base and just like looking around. Next thing you know, guy like tags me and I'm out because I was just not paying attention. Pitcher just threw the ball back to first, tagged me. Uh, but I just wasn't meant, I guess, to play baseball. Base running hasn't always been my uh, forte either. I remember one time, I don't, I think it was a game with you guys, Jason, and uh, I stole second base. Um, and I had a bunch of people shouting at me, stay on the base, stay on the base. This is the first season, the first half season. And so they're like, stay on, stay on the base, stay on the base. Uh, at least that's what they were shouting. But I heard foul ball for some reason. So I started walking back toward first base and got tagged out there. And everybody was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I have played like adult league softball as I've gotten older. And you get excited, you know, it's like you get this rush yeah. and then when you're not experienced like i see how people make base running errors it, it can get oddly confusing when you're like do i have to go back or what just happened and, um but yeah I'm, john i'm a horrible base runner as well uh, <laughs> you, know, you know we're brothers in arms so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hand and feet <laughs> uh, i want to pick up on two uh, points that you touched on already your time growing up the royals fan do you have any favorite royals memories yeah, actually, uh, like a ton of them. Uh, my first Royals autograph when I was I, looking back, I want to say it was probably 88, 87. But after the game, my dad taking me down to like the players exit and Jim Eisenreich was came out and autographed this little book that I had. It wasn't even like a baseball card or a baseball or anything, but just meeting Jim Eisenreich as a tiny kid was just like the biggest deal in the world. Um, and it was and a weird thing too about that game is we, even though it's weird when you, what you remember as a kid, I mean, I was probably six, seven years old, but I remember sitting there and my dad and his friend and his dad going on about how man, this stadium is so beautiful. Like look at the fountains. And he was a Cardinals fan coming from old Bush stadium which was a, is a classic stadium, but it was just in the round, you know, kind of like an Astrodome without a roof kind of, um, but it was so just from an early age, knowing like, okay, this is one of the best stadiums in baseball, I guess. And like, you look down, um, you know, the Bo Jackson excitement was, was awesome. And then, you know, as I be, you know, 10, 11, you know, 12, 13 years 
old, like to see the the chase for 3000 hits by George Brett um, was pretty cool. That was actually, I think, um, one of the first things I ever, newspapers I ever saved was like George Brett's 3000 hit, you know, as a little kid, I was like, I want to keep this. This is, this is awesome. And little did I know that that would just, you know, was a bad decision and just led to so many more things that I started collecting. Um, it's over, overcame my life. That was going to be my next question. Uh, you mentioned your card collecting days. Uh, do you have a, a card that you've held on to that's your favorite that you would never part with? Dude, yeah, you know what? I might. Okay, so I do have. I, I've got. Okay, there's. I've got two. If I can find the other one, I'll start with this one here. This is a, a '92. Um, Michael Jordan. Let me see. Team leader Fleer. Right. And this car, this card only came in rack packs that year. Oh wow! So okay. you could only get these like with those long, like you know, it was like three packs hanging down. And for my birthday, it was like my um, like tenth or eleventh birthday, which is in February. We went to the local like YMCA and rented the indoor pool. And my, my buddy got me three packs, and I pulled one of these Jordans, right? Which was a big deal at the time. It was worth like twenty five bucks or twenty bucks. Anyway, like so many kids um, did back then, I took it to the local card shop. He swindled me for some like Marvel Madness Universe stuff and like just some whatever crap and like $10 and got, so I, I sold the card back then and always regretted it. And so um, a couple months ago, I found this PSA, it's a six. So it's actually affordable. I think I, I, think I paid like 150 or 170 for it. Right. But I bought that as a birthday present uh, to myself. And then around here somewhere, I thought I had is, is my all-time. Oh, sweet. This is the best card I probably ever pulled from an actual pack of cards. And it's really, really random. But it's a, uh, it's a Dikembe Mutombo Top's Finest Refractor. Right. This, is the best, awesome. this is the best card. And I've got some epoxy <laughs> on there apologize for that but yeah this thing is sweet and i think i am going to send this in at some point to psa but this is the card that i would never part with because this i mean i think i pulled this when i was like 11 12 years old yeah. i remember being so excited like i just found 300 dollars, you know or whatever <laughs> turns, turns out it was about 550 um but yeah that's that's my favorite all-time card right there 550 in LA money is about $300. <laughs> but thanks to eBay, you know, it's like I can go back and, like, you know, God forbid I ever lost that. It wouldn't be quite the same, but I'm like, I'm going to buy that Dikembe again just for old time's sake. Um, but aside from that, like, I collect, I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of stuff off camera, like baseballs. Uh, when you go to MLB games, uh, starting about six or seven years ago, that they authenticate the game use memorabilia and merchandise and balls, jerseys, stuff like that. And depending on the stadium, like at the Mariners, they have a little kiosk. You go to a Reds game, they've got a full store, Royals full store. Um, Anaheim, it's like a weird half store, more of a big kiosk, but it's usually game use balls from that game. So I got in the habit of collecting, trying to grab, grab a ball from every game that I would attend most, especially if there's like a good player, you know, you pay more for like maybe a, a, a more well-known name. Um, but if I'm going to a new stadium and, or 
it's a commemorative like 25 anniversary 50 year anniversary ball like i'll absolutely be walking out of the stadium with one and in fact it sometimes takes away from the actual game because i'm just like kind of obsessed with it I, I i went to arlington i wanted to go to arlington to see a game before they closed down the stadium and opened up the whatever the new globe light across the street. So because of Spirit Airlines, I found a round trip, I think to Dallas from LA for 60 bucks, had an eight hour layover in Vegas. So I stopped in Vegas, won 400 bucks, took the red eye to Dallas. My buddy picked me up. We went to the game, you know, it was awesome, but there were a couple innings where I was just like, do they have the game you stuff? Where's the game you stuff? Ask, asking random people that just don't have no idea what I'm talking about. And, you know, like I'm a madman. Um, and then I find the game you stuff and they're wanting like $200, $300. I'm like, no, nah, I'll just, I went and settled for like the souvenir ball. Um, and then, so I'll just put that in a case and then put usually the ticket from the game if I can, which also, because I'm a weirdo, I'll go out of my way to walk into the customer service, show them my printed, and then they'll reprint your ticket. Sometimes there's even a fee. Like the, sometimes I forget what stadium charged me five bucks. Usually the old ladies are just like, yeah, no problem, you know, whatever. Or, or sometimes they don't do it at all. It's actually one, I wish MLB would just start setting up kiosks to give, I know there's not many of us, but uh, out there, but I like the ticket. And if I go back through, even the old stuff in my parents' basement, I'll find ticket stubs from Royals games from 1992 and, you know, or just like the souvenir pin, catch the thrill, Royals baseball, 1990, and just all that stuff that I always kind of clung to, you know, as a kid. Um, but that's absolutely it. I mean, still we, do. We went to a Cubs game for my 40th birthday and we all flew in for a, a long weekend, cut the Brewers, cut the Cubs. But it was all like, you know, printed tickets from your printer. And I was like, no, nah, that's no fun. So I had to like go around asking people, like, can I have your ticket? And they're like, what? Yep. Like, yeah. I said, I've flown from Scotland for my 40th birthday. Like, I, I want the ticket. Someone give me a ticket. And then finally, someone actually gave it to me. But I had to ask about seven or eight people because they're like, I didn't get a ticket. Like, I, no, I picked them up off the parking lot, like, walked out defeated. Like, oh, I didn't get a ticket stuff for my ball. And then, like, I'm just whatever. That's just what I like, but I'll look down. This is actually what I settled on for the, it was the Red Sox Rangers final series. It was a fifth to the last game, but I'm getting a drink and I look over and someone had left their like VIP box, like this badass ticket wow. stuff. And I was like, nice. sweet one, I can walk into a VIP box right now, but I'm not going to, but I am going to take that ticket stub for my baseball <laughs> that, that I'll have forever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's maybe part of the reason why I'm drawn to sports is there's so many elements of collecting that are involved that, that, are, that can be involved in with it. But it sounds like you've seen quite a few stadiums. Is there any ones that really stick out that you like? Um, I was surprised. I had a really good time at Coors Field in Denver. The accessibility was, you know, um, was great. You know, just uh it was it wasn't a, the edibles was it no i took some red i took some red eyes well oh, you have to wait till 10 a.m <laughs> right. there's no 24-hour stores yet and then for some reason i don't know why because turns out flights land at 5 a.m why would you want to wait five hours but uh but no it just it was great as a baseball fan you can fly in it's a seven dollar train straight downtown 
like two stops, takes 20 minutes. Um, then from there, the stadium's maybe a half mile walk, something like that. The fans were great. It was fun. Um, they're knowledgeable. I was happy to see, like, since I was, you know, I got there five hours before the game. So I walked around downtown, tried to get a feel for the city, met Dodgers. I went as a Dodgers fan. They were playing the Dodgers. And so talked to Dodgers fans, talked to Rockies fans. There was a, a pretty sizable group of autograph hounds, like right outside the door. So I went and hung out with them and just try to get, understand why they were so passionate about, you know, Charlie Blackman, Chuck Nasty, you know, and it was, it was really, it was cool just to see. And, um, uh, in the stadium, you know, nothing crazy, but it was fun, easy to get around and the fans, fans were nice. And I just had a really good experience. Uh, I could say the same about Safeco or T-Mobile Peck, um, up in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always going to be Safeco. It's never going to be T-Mobile for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I was driving through last year, whenever they switched it, I looked over and I was like, T-Mobile just looks weird. Um, but I've been to, I flew up there for a Royal series a couple of years ago. And I've been to a couple of random games up there over the years, but I always really always enjoy Mariners and the same kind of thing. Cause you can fly into SeaTac and you can take the train 20 minutes and the stops right there. You get off. I remember I went to the Ichiro's game when they were playing the Marlins. Oh, nice. The Marlins came to town and I had no idea it was a day game raining, get off the train. And there's a thousand people already waiting to get in. And we're two hours before first pitch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know they love Ichiro, but this is a little ridiculous. You know, it's like Jose Fernandez, jerseys everywhere, Marlins fans, Ichiro, jerseys everywhere, both Marlins and Mariners. But it was a double Ichiro bobblehead giveaway. Right. So any, they only had 10,000. So there were 10,000 people, like, we're like, we're getting our bobblehead. Um, and so, which when you do get to a game early, it's interesting because one, you usually get the promotion. And then two, you, I like to walk around the stadium, get sight lines, get a feel for, you know, what, what different seats look like. And there's a, well, there used to be a certain level of accessibility to the players, you know, whether you want to get some really cool photos. I like, um, I have a small collection of photos I've taken of players signing autographs, you know, cause like you can get some really cool vantage points, like, you know, standing a couple rows back, like holding the camera above the, the actual signing and stuff like that. Um, but, I, you know, I just try to make the most uh, out of the experience. And then um, other stadiums, I mean, I love Chavez Ravine Royal Stadium, you know, it's great. Uh, you know, I guess to go back, back to the, to the Royals memory thing, uh, you know, just the, the years and years of just nothing. Like I remember in 2000 thinking, like putting all my money, like, oh, five, we're definitely winning. It's going to be the 20th anniversary of 85. Like we had Damon, uh, Jermaine Dye in our outfield and Carlos, Beltran. and Carlos Beltran. We're like looking good. And then, of course, everyone gets traded to the A's and everything else. 2005 comes around and I think we lose 103 games. It was the worst season franchise history, which then I think that led to the Alex Gordon draft maybe that was the two years, but it was lean, real lean um, back then. Um, those are referred to as the Mike Sweeney years. Um, <laughs> and um, great guy, you know, definitely a solid 
number five or six hitter on a winning team or, you know, your best player. Uh, then eventually we got Billy Butler. And then, but as we get into 13, 14, 15, the World Series runs were just phenomenal. And I was able, uh, when they made the wild card in 14, I lived in San Diego at the time and I bought a ticket immediately. It was 76 bucks and I bought a flight straight to Kansas City. My buddy picked me up at the airport about three hours before the game. We drove straight there and it, it was great. It looked like a Chiefs game, but everyone was wearing blue. I mean, the packed people barbecuing, so many people so happy. Um, the Fetty Wap, the 17, it was, we go 1738, Fetty, you know, it's like whatever Fetty Wap song. I'm not, a, da, 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 da. anyway, <laughs> look it up. It was a hit song in 2014, but that was the anthem like that the players love. Yeah. And so every time they kind of brought this song out and they started winning, so everyone's bumping that. It's just an incredible vibe. There's a mob of people waiting to get into the stadium, yep. um, which I've never seen ever. And so just already exciting. And then this, I want to bring up something too. MLB. We've all been to the stadiums and they've got like the multiple gates going, you know, to let everyone in. Yeah. I've been to multiple playoff games where they, they still have those gates closed. So I'm like, when are you opening the gates? Like, we're in the playoffs. Why are they here? Get rid of them then. Because otherwise they're just they're just pointless or put attendance there to speed up this entry so there's not a big mop anyway. I had to wait 45 minutes to get into the Dodgers game, and that was like the, my – that's what I blamed was that they didn't have the problem. <laughs> but, uh, but that wild card game was magic, man. My, my buddy Brent Benson was the one that picked me up. We get into the stadium maybe like 10, 15 minutes before first pitch. And we went straight to the uh, third base side concourse, kind of in between home plate and third base. John Lester's pitching. And where we were, it was a lot of concrete. And so I just start screaming like, Lester, like as loud as I can. Like, Lester, just and it's echoing and it's just kansas city people are nice so everyone's like this guy's an asshole i'm like yeah i'm trying to win the game i'm like i'm not trying to hear like oh good luck go i hope you strike out i'll see these escobar great pitch you know i'm trying to get into to, into his head so i did that for the first inning and then we just <laughs> did multiple laps and i feel like we could almost do an episode just on this game because I ended up making a lifelong friend and Karen Robinson, Section 427 uh, usher at Coffin Stadium. Uh, Buck O'Neill, uh, Memorial Seed Award winner at Coffin Stadium. Um, but essentially, my buddy Brent and I end up in her section and she lets us stand like up against the wall. She's like, look, you can stand here. You can't cross this line. But as soon as we get there, the Royals start rallying. And, it, and like, I'm very superstitious. So it's like, we score a run, everyone's excited. And I'm like, nobody move. And like, I'm just, we're, this small group of people starts forming and it just becomes like, at the end of the day, there's probably, at the end of the game, there's probably 20 of us that were all standing there. And I remember one guy was with us for like a half inning. He's like, yeah, okay. Thanks guys, I'm gonna go to my seats. He goes to a seat, a couple bad things start happening. He immediately comes back down. He's like, I don't know, as soon as I got to my seat, things start getting bad, I want to come back down here. So then, you know, the game goes into over into the 
10th into the 11th, you know, Salvador eventually gets the game winning hit in the 12th and um, Christian Cologne comes in to score and like the crowd's just going crazy. I mean, at that point it had been, I think it was 29 years, I think. Yeah, it was 14 since 85. Um, and so it's just unbelievable. And I just, I remember being angry because it's like people had this like, you know, bo- bo- October, you know, it's everything's October, October, but the game wasn't, the game started in September. It was September 31st. And I was like, so as the game's getting closer to midnight, you know, I'm just like, just like, finally it, it hits midnight. I just, I'm like, it's October baseball. It's finally October baseball. And everyone's like screaming, like, it's October baseball, finally. Because to me, in my, I'm like, technically, if we lose this game, we haven't been to October. I know it's the postseason, but it's not October baseball if you're not in October uh, there. Maybe I, I think we need to do a energy. I think we need to do a we need to do a ball caps and bagpipes watch along uh, with John here of that game. I think you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Good. Um, wait, hold on, man. Let me turn. I did not. I didn't hear the end. Repeat. Say that again, John. I'm sorry. I was just saying we need to do a ball caps and bagpipes watch along of that wild card game with you someday. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm kind of like outlining a baseball kind of book. And that's a big part of it. Um, Different moments I've experienced in my baseball fandom life. Uh, I mean, just when I lived in San Diego, I used to, I I went to a Reds Padres game just for the pregame to watch Joey Votto mess with fans. Like, because I I couldn't make the game. I had stuff to do, but I knew I had a $5 ticket guy. And I was like, well, you know, go watch Joey Votto mess with Padres fans and maybe I'll get a baseball, you know, but that's my level of uh, fandom that I have. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm going to show up two hours before the game, try to get a home run, batting practice, home run ball, and, and then wander the concourse to go, okay, what can I find? What do I need? You know, because I said, we catch games so infrequently. I'm like, I'm all about trying to see every part of the stadium. I mean, uh, when I was in Milwaukee, I made sure I went up and sat in the Euchre seats. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Is that yeah, just yeah. Like- so he's got like a little uh, statue, like way up in the top first base side in the top row. And you go up there, you can take a picture of them. And, I, and it was one of those things I was like, we we'd had tickets behind home plate. We'd watch most of the game. And I'm like, I got to get a picture at the Euchre seats. I just got to go up there. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's uh, I I was really lucky because just last week, the Royals were playing uh, Milwaukee. And so I just I listened to the Brewers broadcast. Of course, yeah, you've got to beat Bob Euchre, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, why am I not going to miss this opportunity to hear, to watch, to hear what he thinks about the Royals, you know? But so I, I want to go to I want to go to Miller Park. I I was always I always liked Milwaukee's baseball history, and then I always, um, you know, just the, the whole thing with the Seattle Pilots and like that was just so weird and. Um, and just the name of the Brewers, like it, it didn't even dawn on me until like 10 years ago. You say Brewers, Brewers, Milwaukee. But I'm like, they we're the Milwaukee beer makers. Like that's what our baseball team is. Like we make beer. Come, you know, come play us in Milwaukee, Chicago. Um, so, you know, the, even that, just the name itself, you know, is pretty sweet. And there's a weird kind of Royals-Milwaukee relationship. Lorenzo Kane, Ned Yost. Right. Zach Greinke, Escobar, um, among other people. But.
Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, highly recommend the stadium. Everyone was super friendly. I mean, we bought tickets behind home plate for like 75 bucks. And I was just blown away. Go see a game behind home plate for 75 bucks. That was like, that was yeah, awesome. good. So, yeah, we, we had a blast up there. Um, and then it was only like an hour and a half north of Chicago. So it was it was perfect for us. So we went up Milwaukee and then cut a couple Cubs games. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend it if you get the time to do it. So if you, if you if you planned it perfectly, you could take in three games in two days. Or maybe, yeah. you know. So apparently the White Sox and Cubs don't play day and night games at the same time. Like it's some quirk with the schedule. Because that we looked at that and we looked at this when we planned this out, we're like, let's do it. So we see a Brewers game and we see the White Sox and the Cubs. It happens every once in a while because that was exactly what we want to do. We're like, let's see a day yeah. at Wrigley and then just head on to the south side and go see a White Sox. It doesn't happen that often. Well, they're trying to compete with each other, I suppose. For the, for no, the, it's, the, look, you got to make the most of it. I mean, I've ended up at a Stockton Ports game because my wife was like, hey, I got a business trip up to Sacramento. I'm going to drive. I'm like, you know, I'll go with you. Let's go to this uh, Stockton Ports game. Uh, you know, go check that out. Which, you know, Matt Beatty was in, you know, Dodgers prospect, Will, Will Smith, Dodgers catcher. I mean, this was three years ago, single A ball. I had no idea who I'm watching really at the time, but that's – Anytime I go to a minor league game, I always take a picture or a video of the lineup. Someone will go up in a dry erase board, right? Who's pitching, who's starting at every position. And then every time you go back three, four years later, you're just like, oh, holy crap. I didn't know uh, so-and-so was in that game. But, uh, but yeah, I just – my wife travels for business a lot, and then I travel a lot. So anytime I can pass – through a small town or a big town and see a game at a stadium I haven't been to, it's tops, if not the top thing on my priority of list of things yeah, to do. Absolutely. Have you done spring training yet? I have. I have. My first spring training experience, 1999, uh, high school spring break, Sarasota, Reds uh, versus Red Sox, and saw Jerry Springer. He oh, came right. <laughs> Yeah. And this was at the height of his fame. So all of a sudden you just hear Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. He comes walking by like, yep, I'm the king of the goddamn world right now. It's 1999. I'm Jerry Springer. I love Cincinnati. Don't you guys forget it. Um, but uh, yeah. You love the different I've done Florida and then uh, Arizona. I've done maybe three or four different times over the years. But yeah. I like that a lot too. If you follow MILB and just prospects, you know, talk about getting up close, up close, like you're, you can be right there, you know, as far as pictures. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm talking 2018, 2019. I don't know how close they're like yeah, exactly. get next year, but hopefully <laughs> down the line, you can get pictures taken with these guys again, you know, uh, and and plus, you just see little kids just having the time of your life. So that just makes you happy right there. You're just like, oh, I remember that. Uh, one of the actually one of the biggest mistakes I ever made at a baseball game as a fan happened at spring training. Um, we were at a Rangers game right above the pitching mound. And this dude was working on like curveball and breaking, but it slipped and just flew out of the mound and landed. And you know how every most of the stadiums will have like the grassy knoll area where the kids are all running around. So I pick up this ball and there's like a mob of kids. And I'm like, I don't know, how do I give this out to just one kid? 
And so I, just, I made the mistake of going, who's the biggest baseball fan? And all the kids are like, I am, I am. And then I just lobbed the ball into the mob like a grenade. It's just <laughs> a, a riot ensued for this ball. I'm like, that was the worst thing I could have done. I should have just thrown the ball 50 yards away and just had a foot race for it. But instead I created like a WCW Royal Rumble <laughs> over, over a bullpen mishap from a pitcher that will never make the big leagues because you can't even throw a curveball. Um, but that's the stuff you get at minor league, you know, spring training games. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm going back home next summer. And I'm meeting up with uh, Third Dan and Tad, and we're gonna go catch a, a minor league baseball game. So, yeah, that, that's the um, Everett Sky Sox. Yeah, Aqua Sox. Sox. Yeah, yeah. I had messaged him, uh, Dan, about. I was like, hey, next time, whenever that is, I because I've wanted to go to a, a Aqua Sox game um, in the past, but it's well, are they? They might not even be a team anymore. I don't know if they're getting axed. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is either. I'm hoping it's still a team. I don't. I don't understand the whole let's get rid of the minor league thing. This is, just seems ridiculous. Um, we were talking with Chris Brown. He does Chris Brown sports art, and he was a minor league pitcher for eight years, and he was drafted in the 35th round. And I'm gutted because we had a great time talking to Chris, and there was a list of questions we wanted to ask him, and I didn't get a chance to actually ask him what he thought as a 35th, 35th round pick. How do you feel about the minors being pretty much dissolved? Um, having not ever been drafted into any sports professional, <laughs> um, my opinion on that is, uh, so in Kansas city, we have the T-bones, which is in Kansas city, Kansas. And that's a whole different weird thing. Kansas city is technically two cities. There's a state line that goes down the middle, but there's a Kansas city, Missouri that has a city hall, a Kansas city, Kansas has a city hall. You can see <laughs> both cities. They're two miles apart, but the whole thing is the same city but technically not i'm just saying minneapolis st paul uh twin cities bullshit you don't get more twin than the same <laughs> identical so suck it twins so it's once so uh, i've always i've often wondered this so it's one city across two states basically it's kind of it's round um, with the well historically so kansas wasn't settled territory missouri i think 1840 something like that so kansas was like indian territory so as that started to get settled there was a real hard state line it's like hey you're safe or you'll get murdered over here possibly by indians and so as the state line started to get the kansas territory the indian territory you know that american way is we just started gobbling up free land from people that technically owned it um they wanted to develop that side of the river there's a river that divides the whole thing so they just named it kansas city knowing that you know in springfield ohio in pennsylvania these are all just small towns in america that you don't need to know about worry about john um but as these people got these flyers like moved to kansas city they would all come and they would just settle in kansas city kansas knowing that they were close to kansas city missouri and really didn't care that much but <laughs> So that's how it started getting confusing. It started 150 years ago. Oh, wait. <laughs> but the, what I was going to go, what I was getting at was the T-Bones, independent baseball, I think American Baseball Association. There's some really high level former MLB players uh, and minor league players that are playing in this uh, 
this league, which I think extends all the way up to uh, Winnipeg, it's, you know, Minnesota. I think, I think the St. Paul Saints are in that league. Right. Um, which is like the, the Sugarland Skeeters as well, too. Um, yeah, I think that, one? yeah, I think that sounds because it spans from like Texas, you know, all the way up to Canada. But um, that, that league is going to, I think, has a chance to flourish, really adapt. Uh, you know, and absorb some of these, you know, these high A, low A prospects, you know, and fringe double A, which there's still a lot of talent there. I think baseball is now going to send, you know, just double up their scouts. And I think the scouts are going to be happy because, you know, a lot of these independent league teams are in, it's like, it's the C, it's the C and D entertainment option in a lot of mid-major, major cities. So the scouts can, you know, just go focus on independent leagues um, as far as I know, there's no money in rookie ball and a ball anyway. So I feel like the conditions financially are going to be similar and you're going to be playing in major cities as, you know, an 18, 19, 20 year old, um, that's a fringe, you know, prospect, um, you know, playing now with guys that have gone through the cycle, maybe they're 32. Hey, I, I, I played the Arizona fall league, you know, but didn't quite make it with the tigers, but here's some advice. You know, instead of just being stuck in Wilmington, North Carolina, you know, with a bunch of international, you know, scout talent pool guys, you know, and, you know, maybe there's language, there's cultural differences, you know, they're teammates, but you're not going to get maybe as many pointers or, um, you know, and help like coaching wise on your game. So, you know, I, it sucks that there's minor league baseball is awesome. We all love bold Durham some of these small towns, you know, it's like, I feel bad for Grand Junction Rockies. That sucks. Grand Junction's pretty horrible anyway. Now they don't have baseball too. Um, but, in, but independent baseball, I think will flourish. will absorb a lot of that talent. And if those guys are worried about it, um, you know, just, they all know who the scouts are. The scouts will still be watching. It's just yeah. it's a little different style now. That's all. So Jason, do you want to move on to John's art then before? Yeah, I was gonna say it was. Oh yeah, option. yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so obviously, you you you've got Ephus Mark as your artwork, and well, uh, it's Ephus, but someone, some coffee shop has Ephus on. So Ephus is the official name. Ephus, right. To clarify that. So how did this come around, and what was your first project? Um, my first project was a tabletop. I had this really ugly, just glass table that for a couple of years I would look at and just for some reason I was like, man, I should take all my old cards and just make a tabletop for that. And then eventually the 20th time that popped into my head, I actually, I just went out and did it. You know, I went to bought a little amount of epoxy resin. I didn't really, I watched a video on kind of how to prepare it and what not to do, that sort of thing. Um, and then I just went through, found some Chiefs, some Royals, some you know, very random, you know, Aikman's and Emmett Smith's and Barry Bonds's kind of stars from that junk era and then put together, you know, this tabletop. And then I got pretty comfortable with the epoxy and, you know, just kind of started experimenting with different things. Um, but I was kind of excited about the idea of pulling these cards that had been in my parents' basement, you know, for over 20 years like having not even seen daylight, like being inside of a box, inside of a box kind of stuff. And now they're on full display forever, 
you know, anyone that comes into my room sits down, you know, it's like all these cards get to be viewed by that person. And so just that kind of philosophy is kind of what started um, in cutting up the cards. And this is probably, this is about three years ago, 2017. And especially that was before this recent card boom. So, I mean, you could get stuff for like damn near like dirt cheap. I don't know if I have it. Like I had that, that Bo Jackson, you know, the bat over the yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. selling for like selling for like 250 or something now ridiculous, like in mint condition, but you could buy that card all day for, you know, $3 or something. Yeah. And so um, you could gobble up in it. If I needed anything, you know, I was like, all right, let me do a Mets piece, but oh, it's like, I need some more Dale strawberries, go to eBay and buy, a bunch of Dale strawberries for like $3 free shipping, you know? And so um, I just started cutting it up, kind of doing collages and things like that. But, um, you know, the main thing just being like, kind of excited that these cars are like, have life again. And they're not just some weird cardboard stock, you know, that like, as far as value, you know? To me, there's more value in just something on a wall that's getting viewed and enjoyed or brings back a memory or a moment or, you know, something like that. And that's, that's the, uh, you know, I guess that's what makes art art. But um, uh, actually, here's a great example right here. So I did this piece right here. This is Tom Glavin, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think I bought like 40 Glavin rookies for $7, like three years ago or something, you know? So, uh, <laughs> that but yeah, so in a box. <laughs> that, that's like the 80, I think that's 87. 88 dollars. Is that, yeah, with the blue and red border there. Yeah. yeah so, um, and then. That's the only card that have any kind of value in that whole set, John. And that tells you what it's worth. <laughs> well, I've still got 32 <laughs> of them. Uh, and then, and then I, I started getting creative to like, I pick up the schedules when I travel around the country. Uh -huh. So this was a Reds piece from when I went to the Reds game in 2018. <clears throat> I just grabbed like 20 of their schedules. It was in September. So the season's over anyway. Mm -hmm. Not that I care. I'll take them anyway. I'll take them in April. If you watch me, but uh, yeah, so that's like Votto from the schedule. I got Chewbacca there because he was in one of the ads that when you folded it out, um, <laughs> So I keep seeing 86 tops pop up. Is there a reason for 86 tops? Yeah, it's the font, man. This stuff, this is gorgeous. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, part of the Pete Ladd. This card I've loved for, for a long, long time. Um, just because the Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. He did, yeah, yeah. He looks just like, and it's awesome now because I think that's probably why I end up getting these glasses. <laughs> we have the exact, I just realized I have the exact <laughs> same glasses as Pete Ladd. We're, we're gonna have to uh, give you that Mariners hat so you can actually you know, match it completely. Hey, if it's that old sweet. So I actually had one. a friend who went on the road weird <laughs> out for a, a summer. So he did. A, yeah, exactly. So really? Apparently, he's like a vegetarian. He doesn't. He doesn't do any drugs. Doesn't drink. Just kind of like hangs out and like that there. And said it was just not what he expected from Weird Al at all. No, I, I saw. He's one of the biggest celebrity. I mean, I lived in Hollywood for a long time, but. I saw him one day driving down Sunset, and that was actually probably the most excited I'd ever gotten seeing somebody that was famous. Right. It's so weird. One, you're kind of like, he looked great. Uh, you know, he looked fantastic. But uh, but it was real quick, like, 
and I was excited. I'm like, he's still alive. <laughs> like he's still he's still alive. That's awesome. Good for you, Weird Al. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the '86. It's the font. Um, it's just I've done a lot with it. It's even like the logo for that I put together with the Ephus, you know, using that. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, and I, I did a series recently. There's a lot of great mustaches. Uh, you know, when I went through my old cards, I noticed incredible mustaches, beards, uh, actual glasses, glasses. Mm-hmm. So depending on what piece I'm working on, I'll actually, I'll look through cards, not for names, but just strictly for mustaches. You All right. Know? And so, which is fun. You should try it sometime. You're like, winner. That's a Grand Slam mustache. Okay. No, foul, you know. Um, you see, so it's funny you say that because we were on the Two Strike Noise podcast and they had a was the bump Bailey wax pack opening of awesomeness. They get that right, John. The uh, bump Bailey wax pack heroes <laughs> tournament of awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so you got we were, the runner, we were the runner, we were the runners up. Yes. <laughs> and they had you, you got point. So they, they we opened up old baseball cards. Um, we had eighty seven Donners as our first one, and then. Um, they would take a Beckett from 1982 or 92, that would be too 1992. And then you got points according to the value of the card there. And then you got bonus points if they had stirrups and you got bonus points if they had a mustache. Man, that's, that sounds like an incredible uh, game. Mullet is, mullet as well, right? Oh gosh, was a mullet in there or not? I can't remember. Definitely. I mean, we'll look. If, if you're opening up 87, I mean, that's everyone's scoring all the time. I mean, that's a whorehouse <laughs> and, and mustaches in 87. Uh, it's 86. That's the window. It's really like 83 to like 90. Um, and there's some good ones in the early 90s as well. But uh, I see. Yeah, that sounds I'm like go awesome. through my cards now. Look for mustaches. I know this. I'm gonna go. All right. <laughs> I did a whole series on my uh, Instagram, which is Ephus Marked on Instagram, but I did, it was called Stash Bash, where I went through 80, the 86 series, and like, that was all, that was all digital. I do some digital stuff, and I do some actual physical, you know, like, wall hanging type stuff, too, but, um, yeah. That's it, a uh, great name, Stash Bash. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like. Stash Bash is a great name. Yeah, it's great, because it, well, I did the hashtag, apparently, um, Stash Bash is also a good hashtag if you're like a big giant gay man with a beard and mustache. <laughs> like, apparently those are gay rendezvous in West right. Hollywood up, up the street too. So if you go to the hashtag Stash Bash, baseball cards and big burly giant ripped uh, gay man uh, with mustaches. So don't be confused. I know you do your, do your audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my work's for everybody. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> let's uh, move now to the fundraiser um first off how did you come to be involved as one of the many artists involved and uh, as an artist and as american and as a baseball fan what did the negro leagues mean to you 100 years ago oh man a ton man i'm from kansas city i've been down to 18th and paseo the ymca where the where rube foster signed the documents to start the entire league in 1920 100 years ago i've i've been lucky enough through i for years, did a Sportsaholics podcast with a friend of mine, Eric Marino. He's a former writer on Saturday Night Live and, you know, big sports fan as well. But uh, I was doing um, 
a stand-up show in Kansas City one weekend, and I took him with me to open up for me. And so we went down to the baseball museum, and Bob was very gracious. Bob Kendrick, the president of the museum, very gracious with his time. Gave us a personal tour, a personal 45-minute um, interview where we stood on the field inside the museum, mere three, four feet away from Satchel Paige's bronze statue on, on the mound. Um, but just the history of, of the, the players, you know, the struggle, um, and which everyone's very common and, you know, familiar with and everything. Um, but I like the fact that people go in there and they leave knowing who Larry Doby is, you know, like the guy that just was a few months behind Jackie Robinson that no one, you know, knows who he is, you know, and was actually on the last, I believe the last team that won the world series for Cleveland, uh, in 48. Um, but, but there's a lot of positive things in the museum as well. Like I, I picked up a lot of not, I learned a lot about barnstorming, you know, and the stuff that Bob Feller would do with Satchel Paige and they would go around, you know, and in this forbidden black game versus white game and, and, and bring everyone together, you know, and play and, and travel around the country and, you know, just expose people that might've been out on a farm somewhere, very isolated into the, 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 the idea and the thought of a black man and a white man being friends and being competitive with each other and, and leaving on the same bus together, which, you know, back in the, um, gosh, I guess that would have been the mid thirties. Uh, you know, a lot of people hadn't seen that, um, before. So there's a lot of, of positive things um, in the museum as well. Uh, and even with baseball, the MLB um, baseball initiative, I forget what the actual acronym is for it, but they've got four uh, junior Royal stadiums built right behind the museum. It's okay. a youth academy um, just to help promote the sport in the inner city, education, you know, all things, you know, to help and just good coaching. I mean, a lot of people, sports is nice and everything, but the biggest thing you get out of sports as a kid is when you have a coach that gives a shit, you know, that it's not just about winning, but developing kids and not everyone's blessed to, you know, have a dad or have uh, even a, maybe a good dad or a dad that's even around because he's working all the time or whatever. So programs like that are real important just for good uh, male leadership influence, you know, and stuff like that. And so the museum gives back to the community. Um, you know, Bob does a great job. Like all of his time is spent, you know, hosting tours, a team comes to town and they haven't seen the museum. He'll, you know, four hours of his day is, you know, personally walking everyone around answering questions and it's his passion. So it's, it's awesome because he loves doing it. Um, but, uh, and they've got the, Getty Lee the, from Rush, the lead singer, the living in the limelight. That guy, he's got like a 500 <laughs> autographed baseball Negro Leagues collection that's on display. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know it was his. I don't know, like, I honestly didn't know who Getty Lee was really until five years ago. I knew Rush, but I didn't really, I, I don't know their names, but uh, yeah. uh, everyone so knows uh, Neil Pierre for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get to the case, and it's this 40 foot case of baseballs that are. 10 baseballs deep and I'm like this is crazy like Bob's like this is the Getty Lee collection I'm like Getty Lee's like from Rush and I'm like wait the lead singer of Rush this is his 
baseball collection? He's like, yeah, he donated it a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, just little stuff like that. It's incredible. And they, they rotate out the, the um, memorabilia and the stories and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, no, I was, uh, they, the, the show, the curator reached out to see if I was interested. And I was like, absolutely. Um, you know, one having, having been in the museum itself, you know, a half a dozen or more times, um, and then being just that that's my hometown. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was like, anything to help and just kind of promote it. And, uh, cause I think, I don't know their official mission statement, mission, <clears throat> mission statement, but I know Bob being, uh, the legendary Buck O'Neill's right-hand man, um, through the latter years of his life and just helping him you know, travel around the country and tell all those famous stories from when he played and coached, you know, the first, uh, first African-American base coach in the, with the Cubs, I believe in 67, Buck O'Neill was a um, long time Casey Monarchs coach and player. Um, but Bob knows all those stories. So it's like, even though Buck passed away, I think, man, I maybe 10 years along a while ago, yeah. uh, at, but, uh, Bob still, knows all those stories by heart and and was there for a lot of his interactions with buck o'neill so he was able to you know he's just got an incredible encyclopedia of baseball knowledge and encyclopedia for you listeners like under 30 back back in the old times before the internet there was a series of books would be a through z so if you wanted to look up baseball you go to b and you'd open it up and like a dictionary which was another book that had things in it um you would look up you know but anyway <laughs> that's the, that's the level of knowledge in Bob Kendrick's head um, about you know the Negro Leagues and baseball and so much much more. So um, yeah, I was I was thrilled to participate and um, and it's, and just even as an as an artist with with just my ethos projects, just um, to be seen, you know, and even like acknowledged, like oh man, that's some great stuff. You know, it makes you feel good and. It, it gets me excited when people have, um, you know, good reactions to the work that I put out, um, and, you know, the stuff that I do. But, but yeah, so that was a long answer, but Bob Kendrick, hopefully I'm going to be sending you a check for like 50 to hundred bucks here in the next month or two after I sell the piece I'm working on, which I think is going to be a satchel page Buck O'Neill collaboration. I'm going to, do like a Kansas City backdrop. There's a really cool mural on the side of the YMCA building of the Monarchs, I think circa like maybe late twenties, but try to incorporate that as well. But, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled. That's awesome. I'm honored actually. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. I really enjoy your work. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's been a fun thing because, uh, you know, with Tad and yeah, I've got to actually see, actually chat with everyone that I've been following on Instagram for like the last year or two and just go, this is actually really amazing. And everyone's such a baseball nerd and it's, it's been so much fun, you know. Yeah, I'm right, it is. I want, I, I want, whoever's watching this is not maybe on the nerd spectrum with baseball. It's like, I hope that over... 10 times during this last, you know, the, over the last, whatever, however long we've been having a great time here. Been like, I have no idea what that guy's talking about. What's a sky, what's an aqua sock in Everett, you know, like that's, but that's why baseball's great. You can go deep, uh, real deep with the stats and the information and the history. Yeah, I know. So we were, we were talking about baseball nerds. So apparently Chuck D is a Stratomatic fan. 
Yeah. That game seems to have really captivated. So I'm 39. That that like 45 to 55, you know, this those kids from the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Um, like I was uh, just an embryo and in a, in a fetus up until February 28, 81. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't remember any of that stuff. But they loved it. It was, I think, that was like the closest thing to social, like real, like reality, <laughs> you know, or. Uh, what am I trying to say? Not social media, but uh, anyway, yeah, that, that was like the bee's knees for all those kids back then. Back then, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting because, yeah, he apparently he collects cards and, yeah, big stratomatic nerd. And I was just like, who would have guessed? Like, <laughs> it was just such a weird thing to hear from Chuck D. It, it, uh, I know a lot of, I know a few comedians that collect and it's, it's a real, you know, they, we don't broadcast it really. Like I'll subtly, you know, just wear some like small base, you know, I have a lot of baseball shirts and, you know, Jason, I know you do, uh, yeah. but, uh, but it's great when I stumble across the collector, because inevitably there's going to be a text exchange where I get to show him my favorite cards, my Matumbo refractor, you know, and then they send me back like, oh, I got this PSA seven, you know, 87 Michael Jordan Fleer, you know, and just, um, <laughs> And it's great because really for me, it's all just uh, good memories, you know, nostalgia, which not isn't always a great thing. But, you know, in the case of like baseball cards, you know, it just puts me in a good mood. And I, I love I love the history of the game a lot, too. So it's kind of like these little quizzes, you know, the old cards all had information on them. So, you, uh, yeah, you know, cause we just all we had was the goddamn encyclopedia. <laughs> exactly and then this week in baseball speaking of Saturday. yeah I, I, it's on hiatus till i finish this project i'm literally getting like four hours of sleep but literally before our interview started my wife just got back from sweden and she's been away for nine days so i've been dealing with two kids doing the oh, broadcast yeah. trying to get the website going so you're awesome you guys this is great um yeah. Well, look, I could talk about baseball forever. What? How long has this been going on? I guess we, we've yeah. already done it in, uh, over an hour. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. Um, why, why do we? <laughs> uh, let's close up with uh, what we usually do at the end of these interviews, which is open a pack of cards. Uh, Jason, would you like to? Uh, let, let's him, voices? Where, where can John? Where can everyone find your work and information? Okay. Sell yourself. Yeah, so your podcast. Do everything you can do. Yeah, so um, the the Sportsaholics, that's with an X podcast on on hiatus. Still do Instagram, but if you go to uh, J O N um, is here, I S H E R E. John is here. My last name is Sheezer, so I don't want to make anyone spell that. But that's uh, social media on Instagram, and then Ephus uh, marked. And you guys know what an Ephus pitch is? Yeah, I'm I'm well aware. That's John, that's all my repertoire. My repertoire yeah. So it's the, uh, it's the, it's the small, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a crazy, like, it's, on, you don't know what's going to happen. So that felt like that was, that's why I chose Ephus as a name for my, you know, my works is because it, I felt like it encompassed um, exactly what I'm doing with the cards. It's like, you just have no idea where it's going, how fast it is, or if you're even going to get what's going on. So that's the whole really the, the points behind all this is like the yeah if this is like the slow looper type one isn't it it just kind of yeah. goes like it was like 49 like, to 58 miles an hour but yeah so if is marked on social yeah. media 
Um, I've got a ton of work up there that's for sale. I do commission work too. Usually takes about two months probably to flip orders around. Um, but, and I do comedy too. That's another thing. It's like, I don't want to, you know, I've got stand up stuff. So I didn't want it to like bleed over too much. Like, I don't care if you know I do comedy or, or art. I just marketing, you know, and, and help promoting the two things needs to be separate. Yeah, uh, because I shit on kids all the time. So I don't want somebody like, oh, I love that Kim Griffey thing, but he just made fun of my kid for five minutes. So I don't know if I like this guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's it. Okay, so I'm done with the promotions. We're ready to go. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll open up some cards, but I did want to show you one card I did have. So I got a George Brett autograph. Oh, dude, that is, what kind of, is that? That looks like a, like, is that an 84? Ah, uh, gosh. Pops? Yeah, 84 tops. Yeah, the font on the 84 tops is pretty sweet too. That, but 86 slightly beats it out. Uh, yeah, dude, that's you know, a nice card. I've had that. Unfortunately, I, I I had George Brett sign this before at the Kingdom before a Mariners game, and then immediately put it in my back pocket, and it sat in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not mint condition at all. But I have George Brett's autograph, so that's dude. all I got. <laughs> dude, and you were at the Kingdom. I mean, that's bonus points. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> And I was wondering, did you are you collecting tops twenty twenty? Um, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> just, just George's. I actually, dude, I, I, the ups and downs of that. I just got this in the mail. And how much out. did you overpay for it, <laughs> dude? Not, dude. Okay, guess, guess, just guess what I paid for that. So this I is, paid. I paid 110 for mine. So. This, is the, this is the Mr. Cartoon. I, I just bought it last week. $45. 45 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I also got screwed on. Uh, yeah. I paid a hundred bucks for one that I think you can get for $10 now, but that was the only everything else. But so that whole market, if you're not familiar, don't worry about it. But I, so I just do the George Brett's right now. So I'm looking, I got 10, I got everyone up to now, except for the SIF. Cause I just, feel weird about spending 350 on a card i like the card it's an awesome card but yeah it's awesome. I, I just it's really it's really awesome but although um, saying that I, I bought the companion cards and spent 300 bucks on the sophia chang roberto Clemente. <laughs> man those are pretty dope though i don't i just i i you know as being a collector sometimes i just gotta figure out you gotta focus in i'm like well i can't get this because i want to put that in over here but i'm kind of jealous uh but i as far as just the tops project 2020, I love what it's done for kind of what I'm doing for guys like card killer or doing guys like, you know, third Dan doing, um, you know, modern baseball art down here in LA is doing, and these are all just people that I'm friends with on social media. Yeah. And I wasn't really familiar with any of the artists that they used in the project, but just the amount of attention that it's brought and just that concept of like, um, there's no value, you know, it's like, when I started, there really wasn't value. Now there kind of is some value in some of those cards, but um, but it's exciting because it's just you know it's just more attention and more fans and just the more people that can know who you know a Bo Jackson is or Cal Ripken. You know, it's like when you get older, you forget like people don't know who those you know like an eighteen. No, you gotta get the yeah, usually tape out and pick it in there and go. This was yeah. Bo Jackson. They're like, who's Bob Gibson? It's like, sit down, eighteen year old. Let's have a talk. So, so unfortunately, when we watch MLB TV out here, they run the same adverts like all year long. Like they don't actually change anything. So, like when 
everyone will talk about the Bo Jackson five hour energy commercial because it came on four or five times every commercial break over and over and over <laughs> again. And oh man, like you just mentioned Bo Jackson. It's like, oh, I'm Bo Jackson. I had five hour energy. Dude, I mean, do they sell? Bo Jackson, do they sell five hour energies in Edinburgh no, too? No, no, no. Yeah. So that's pointless. And then uh secondly, though, that's better than watching Frank Thomas sell dick pills. That's what we're getting over here. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're workout supplements, but how many sexual puns and innuendos do you need in a commercial to be like, I get it, my dick's getting hard. Frank, <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> Because I remember it was all about Rafael Palmeiro. He was the big one back in the day. So I left in 2003. So all my baseball memories and that was, say, back Okay. Then. Yeah. I never, ever <laughs> took steroids. And I'm not lying because I just told you I wasn't. And I'm not making eye contact. And I'm pointing <laughs> at you. So you know I'm telling you the truth. Okay. <laughs> Right. I um I remember I remember seeing Randy Johnson and Just for Memory uh, commercials at one point. Damn, what were they selling? Hair product? I mean, uh, it weird. was like it was like the, the I think it was the beard one. Oh, okay. okay. His goatee. <laughs> and it was it was a weird advert. It was like and it was like Moni's Lawn or something at one point. <laughs> it's just like Randy Johnson. He's like look at how look at how much I, I'm, I'm not green. It's like so obvious in the diet. But yeah, I've never seen that weirdly. Randy, Randy Johnson's a legend. Oh yeah, he's the best. All right, John. Anyway, let's, let's open some cards. cards. Yeah, let's do this. Do we, okay, so what year is the cards? Oh. You can pick which one you want to open, so you get choices. Okay. What do we? Okay. All right. Well, actually, I, I got another. I got eighty-seven tops. If you want eighty-seven tops. Mm, no, eighty-nine leave that donuts. Eighty-seven donuts. Okay. Nineteen ninety score. That's got that bow in it. I know. I know. I know. I'm familiar. I bought a box recently. 91 upper deck. I'll, now holograms enter the picture. Yeah, and it's got the 91 upper deck has the Jordan in it. So when you were talking about how things got inflated, I was buying them at $10 a box before uh, um, the Jordan documentary came out. And then it all shot up again. I was like, oh, fuck, man. I yeah. find something else to sell. I know. I know. It's a... <laughs> so that's the original Jordan uh, where he's in the, the White Sox, but it's the red and blue white Sox jersey okay yep not the black the not the not the ice cube from uh boys in the hood white Sox. no which i actually so I, my buddy just bought a pack of these cards and uh he pulled the jordan already and i was i've never gotten one i was so pissed off he's like dude that was the best five pounds i ever spent it's like you bastard i bought Glad those boxes like just get that damn card because i never got one as a kid Man, all right that's tough 91 uh stadium club 92 Donruss. That's, that's what the baby Ricky blue, Jr. right? That's the baby blue. Uh, I don't know. Thing. I haven't actually opened these. I, I bought them because it was like five bucks. And I was okay, like, okay. all right. But it has the Cal Ripken Jr. autograph in there. Okay. All right. That was the member's choice cards. The special. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was stadium club. Studio. 93 studio. Yeah, I've got 91 studio too as well. I, I've got a box of 91 studio right over my shoulder, right up there. Do you, uh, do you, have you pulled the Steve, Steve Lake yet? No. Oh, shit. All right. Let me see it. See, I haven't, I haven't opened any of that year's uh, studio. Yes. Okay, I have. That's my favorite. That's the one I looked for. Yeah, I pulled one. I've only found one of them. God, I love that card. I, exactly. I was, I was interviewing Tad. 
and uh, Travis. And I was like, there's this awesome card with Steve Lake. And he's got a pair in the shoulder. And it was the second to last card. And it was awesome. I've, got, I've done two studio pieces. Oh, this, nice. <laughs> this is um, from the 91, the, when the first year it was black and white. I love how the, their concept was like intimate, up close photos yep. uh, with personal information, you know, get to know the player. And you flip the card over and it's like, I like country music and fishing. And I'm like, God, the nineties are simple. You know, it's like, that's not information. Just, this is one I did with, uh, this is the 92 studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that right there. And so, but yeah, so it was a process epoxy and then you just yeah. it on the ball. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm I like baseball card. <laughs> and then I've got one pack of modern. I've got, 2020 big league baseball that's the other pack there so what was the modern let me see the mo modern 2020 uh, okay baseball oh modern i got it i got you um let me uh pass on the score because i just those cards are pretty ugly and i've already got the bow um do does every pack of the of the 91 upper deck come with a team hologram sticker yep. Yeah, then that's my pack. Let me go All with right, that we'll, one. We'll go with the upper deck. Yeah. Maybe we'll get lucky and get a Jordan. So You'll get a Jordan because if you pull one out of that pack, you're – If I pull one out of the pack, it's going right to you. So. Oh, man. All right, there you go. Let's see. There you go. All right. We got a Yankee, Lee Guterman. <laughs> Slash Lawn and Garden Center manager. Look he's got a nice gut. mustache. So yeah, he's got a mustache there. You see in the back. You can't see in the okay. front. You got the mustache there. So yeah. All right. We got a Cecil Fielder card. Dude, that's very nice, nice, actually. See, I could work with that. I love the illustration. Started with the Diamond King and then just went on from there. So uh Tad said he got in touch with Vernon Wells Sr., who did these cards, and he just had a stroke. Uh so he, he can't paint right now. Man, that's Vernon Wells' dad worked for Upper Deck. Yeah, he was the artist. He's a licensed artist. He did all the Upper Deck stuff. What? How, I mean, I guess, like, why is that on Vernon Wells' bio? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I that's incredible. It, it, it was, it came up somehow, and I was like, what? He, his, yeah, his, his dad's the. Now, did he really do it, or is it like one of those Curtis Flood, I'm a great painter? Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't paint any of this stuff. I just told you I did. Uh, that's a deep. That's a deep stab at Cardinals fans, St. Louis Cardinals fans. But anyway, go. All right. Here you go, John. This tells you how good the 91 Yankees were. That's Roberto, Roberto Kelly. Kelly. Roberto Kelly. So, wait, I've gotten two illustrated cards in the pack. Right. Oh, yeah. I love it. We can see that. All right. Just the look of those is just so it. 1989. It's, oh, is that Darren Dalton? No, Randy Reddy. Oh, okay. God, is, he, is that a mullet on his shoulder? Oh, yeah. He's definitely got the mullet back there. Oh man, that guy looks like he was a Sigma Chi class of '83, <laughs> and like Mississippi State, transferred from Corpus Christi. Yeah, Jay Howell. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So I like the cards with two pictures too, because it gives you me two options. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's the back side. Weiss. Cool. Weiss. But the back side is better than the front. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet picture right there. Yeah, that must be interesting. You must have to get, get those upper deck to go, okay, which side works better for you? Yeah, it's, you know, I do like the score, the 90 score, um, because I think I thought I had some right here. But there's a little uh, profile 
like yearbook picture in the, on yeah, the back. Yeah. So that, that those are, you know, I'll use those most of the time. Gary Carter is a Guy giant. Eddie? <laughs> I didn't even know he played for the Giants. I didn't remember either. I look at this card going, I don't remember that. He played 92 games for the Giants in 1990. I mean, those batting helmets, I miss those things. Like, yeah, wear one. Okay. <laughs> it's going to fall off though every swing. Well, I hope this shows like, the Pirates hologram card. Oh, that's dope, man. That is sweet. That's I the card. That's the, that's the one I've got, is it? Did I send you that one? John yeah. like six baseball cards, all because I sent him <laughs> this <is> jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he that's... sent me a few with my Yankees jersey that I bought from his store, and also uh, the Thurman Munson card that you sent me for my birthday last Rest year. in peace. Rest in peace, Thurman Munson. All right. Yeah. Gary Templeton for the Padres. Nice. That's in the backside's better. You can see he's got that fielding there. Yeah. Those are, I think those are my second least favorite Padres uniforms i just i love the brown yellow orange yeah, that, oh, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. brian harper <laughs> not to be accused of brian l harper <laughs> i've never even heard of that guy was uh, it, who's, who was their old backstop in like was it glad gladden or chuck knobloch or no uh it's a twin it, gosh it's a it's an angel back there yeah oh yeah anyway that card sucks like, Mike Boddicker, dude, I love Mike Boddicker. He's uh, he lives in Kansas City. His son, um, uh, was an independent. I interviewed his son, his son helped me out a long time ago and like do an interview about independent league baseball. I was, right. I was trying to try to put together a reality show based on the T Bones and just that independent league. Okay, uh, and I filmed it, filmed the nice uh, demo or thought I did, and then my uh, cinematographer lost half our footage, so you can't really get all that back. So <laughs> It's like, thanks, man. I was really glad I flew out of here. Uh, oh, but anyway, go ahead. I love Mike Bottinger. I love Mike Bottinger. So, just to show you how well it was sorted, we got another Lee Guterman. <laughs> See, could you imagine if that was the Jordan pack? You pulled two Jordans out of one pack. Yeah, exactly. There's just the White Sox hologram in there, too. Got Vaughn Hayes. Vaughn Hayes, man. I, I pull him a lot. And I didn't realize like how, like I'm like I don't remember him as a kid, just because he. But yeah, he 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 was a slasher, and he's a very popular card to pull out. Yeah, I seem to pull him all the time. But then yeah. like you know, it's like '89 through '93, '94. It's the same guys you see all over again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Chili Davis. Chili. Yep. The Angels. Which that was back when I just thought the Angels were in Sacramento. I was like, the California Angels. They're probably just in the middle of the state, man. I still think they need to go back to the California Angels. This whole Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim thing is just bullshit. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's yeah. That was my plan. I thought the Chargers should have gone the California Chargers when they Ooh, moved yeah. to LA, and then they could have played games in San Diego, LA, and wherever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, somebody steal that idea in the NFL, pay me something for it. But exactly, right? Something. See, that's funny you say that. So. Uh, uh, homage is uh, doing a wax packs Wednesday this month. I think I can't remember that, but uh, yeah, they 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 clearly stolen my idea, and I cut I cut they called them on that, and they said no, no, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, you're like okay, maybe. Uh, do you mind like naming it something else then? I mean, they do what they they're the ones that do all the t-shirts that you look at it and you're like, yeah, I'd buy that. It's like nostalgia heavy, or it's like pictures of baseball cards and stuff yeah, on it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, no. So I, I, said, I said, I said, well, it's coincidence because I have eight pictures of me doing Wax Packs Wednesday with your shirt on that I've tagged you in, and you liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, homage. Just be cool. I was thinking about buying that 1990 Ken Griffey Jr. shirt that I just saw pop up on my feed today. Now I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I'll just give credit where credit's due. It's not like, and look, I know you didn't invent a computer or anything, but it's like, you're the first guy that was doing packs online opening that I saw. And by the way, I think you've kind of been doing it for well over a year now, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Very long time. Um, you know what? Why don't you just like tag them sponsored by you know and then just like go, <laughs> did they sponsor yours so that people get confused like well, which yeah, yeah i yeah I'm, i you know i have gonna I, have to cut I've all the videos lately i just haven't actually posted them like, i've been so busy i'm just like okay it's wednesday with my pack up i haven't posted them but I, i've done well i've got two mcguires and a bow so man that's now is there more cards the but all right, so we got Ken Hill for the Giants or for the Cardinals. Cardinal, okay, never heard of him. But then we have the Bashing Years with McGuire. Dude, that's a nice card oh. right there. I don't actually remember this card, but it has a whole description in the back. Um, is that like? Is that just a regular base card? Yeah, it's like six fifty six there. Okay. So I don't remember this card at all. But it was McGuire, of course, one of the two guys. Through to the final of the Bump Bailey Wax Pack, you know, so <laughs> awesome. alongside Bobby Bodia. We won the uh, back to back rounds with a single car in that uh, in that tournament because we drew Bobby Bodia, who was worth like three dollars or three dollars fifty, and then we had Mark McGuire, who was worth just under two bucks, was it? Uh, about two dollars was it, Jason? That Mark yeah, it was two dollars. And then, like, that was basically it. Like, <laughs> they were like the second card of the. Of the pack, so it's just a case of well, you guys have already won, so <laughs> let's just keep going for the sake of it. Do that. Will you send type up the rules to that game? I, I think I want to like play that, like, because I'll, I'll carry packs of cards around with me at to bars when I do shows and stuff, like right. in my backpack. I, I'll just bust them out, like, or give them to people, and they love it. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, I'm so I, weird. I just said that out loud. I'm like, God, that sounds <laughs> No, it's the same thing. I mean, it was, uh, I saw someone else. I mean, I totally cribbed the idea when Homage sent me my shirt and a, couple, a pack of 88 tops. And I was like, that's awesome. I, I said, I know the card's absolutely worthless, but you know, I got to try the gum and I got to see what crap I got in there. <laughs> there there's a great company um, out of Kansas City called Charlie Hustle that they'll do that. They'll throw a pack in. And um, I, was, I went to a Giants um, San Francisco game years ago um and they they were handing out ju old junk era cards to everyone yeah. when they entered i was like oh that's really cool yeah so i did that at the london series i took 50 packs put them in a backpack and handed them out to people at the london series game and it was a lot of fun to see what people pulled there although i, I did give a pack to a german guy and his son and his son just immediately ate the bubble gum and i was trying to explain to him no 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 this is 30 year old bubble gum it just dissolves you're like it didn't work out well for him i felt bad for the kid but i was just like uh we'll just say we got lost in translation Man, yeah. good and good for you for going that. john did you make it to the london game no. Oh, no, I didn't go down. Uh, that looks like the, it. the tickets were ridiculous. I'm not a fan of London. 
it was, oh, it okay, was 50 okay. bucks to sit in the nosebleed section i mean it, it, it wasn't cheap to go at all i mean we sat i paid 500 bucks to sit in the left field side of third base um so i guess you could see things that's the games what an absolute embarrassment yeah those were nasty what so was the weren't game, they like 17 to 2 the, the or, game, it was like yeah it, it was crazy yeah it was poor it was very it was like very much exhibition baseball and those were regular season games there was a uh, short porch teams, right and wasn't just, that one of the problems like there was a real it, short... <laughs> it was a very short porch yeah yeah i think was it was it like 300 or something like that, one of them I can't remember. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like they barely fit the stadium in there. It was short all around. Um, but yeah, I just was... like the expansion. I was gonna actually. I'll show you. This is one of my favorite things in my collection. Doesn't really mean shit anymore because this is a. This was actually a ticket stub from the only game before this year in MLB history that was that was played without fans in attendance. Uh-huh. And uh, this is when. Um, there were not for any good reason, uh, 2015 riots in Baltimore and they closed down the city, but then they still played the game. So I was immediately got online. I'm like, I want a ticket from that game. Yeah. Um, so cool. I, I guess I just, what I had to do there was just one up, you know, the nervous <laughs> level. Uh, let's see. What do I got here? What do I <laughs> yeah. Got? Yeah. I got something what here. you got your balls in your court, Jason, John, you get something next. <laughs> I'm screwed. Uh, uh, let me see. I, I, you know what? Actually, yeah, I, I got, I got a San Diego chicken card. <laughs> Dude, that's. I mean, that's pretty dope right there, man. I've never even seen that card before. It's uh Fleer. It was it's, nineteen eighty two Donners. That's. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of those around. I, I've got another one. <laughs> Good God, man. So I love collecting, man. It, it, so there, was, there was three of them. <laughs> like, here he is in Winnipeg. Here he is when he went to Vancouver. Jeez. Here he is. This was Jesus an exhibition game. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus you like uh, me when the podcast is going to be checking fucking anymore of this, man. I was one of those things. Oh, God. Chicken was, like, huge. I mean, he, he would fill a stadium when you knew the San chicken was going to show up there. Um so like I, I found like a three pack of those cards for like five bucks, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta get the San Diego chicken." I, I, I love the San Diego chicken. Yeah, dude, it's, there's so many things like that. I mean, baseball's just a great game. Just there's so many like historically, like I don't, when you said that, it just reminded me back of like the Philadelphia A's in the like I think it was like 1908 nine. They had a little guy with a hunchback that they would stand in the dugout and rub his little hump for good right. luck. Before they went to go bat, they would take him on the road. He was like 30 inches tall, like just like weird stuff. Like, like, why is this guy that there's a chicken that travels around and people love him? Like, yeah, it's baseball. It is weird stuff. Was that like Pedro Martinez's little friend he carried around? What? Don't you remember? Know. Yeah, there was like Pedro hung out with a, a little person and like, like he was like mini me. Like, you'll have to Google this. <laughs> I am going to actually get through that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, dude, yeah. can we do this like, every other day? I mean, we don't even have to go live. I mean, we just hang out and talk. This is great. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's almost 1230 here at night, Scott. <laughs> so, uh, John, sorry, I'm losing the plot. You guys, no, it's all good. I look like a lot of Scots. I'm, no. I'm, 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 y'all look the same. I, I, 
Uh, losing the plot here. Like I've been working on four hours of sleep over the last couple of nights. So it's all right, John. So guys, that was our second interview of the night. I'm going to put Jason out of his misery right here, right here and now. John, thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast talking with you. Uh, we need to get you back on for an episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, and we'll, go, we'll expand on this a bit further. I think I get the feeling we could go on for three or four hours. Yeah. So uh, let's really take advantage of that sure. and get it done. Um, in the meantime, thanks so much again, and uh, good luck with the fundraiser. Uh, and thank hopefully you. we'll have a chance to chat with you again soon. Yeah. And, and viewers, support the arts. We always appreciate it. And guys, thank you so much for just shining the light on, on, the, on the collecting side of things and just, you know, the passion for you know baseball and just specifically the junk era as well so it's awesome so appreciate that guys thank you no problem man thanks again for coming on it's been a blast anytime yeah we're, we're doing it again soon that's a fact so. okay no problem okay yeah. enjoy right, the rest of your day man bye-bye bye bye